host has spent decades studying the Bible in the original languages. He holds degrees from the University of Wisconsin, Moody Bible Institute, Asbury Theological Seminary, and Bethel Theological Seminary. With the help of some of his friends, in 1994, Dr. Rako founded a national volunteer ministry to hunters. He is an author, dog trainer, and speaker. Tom served as a full-time pastor for 36 years. Now here is your host, Dr. Tom Rako. Thanks for joining us here on the Rockdale Publications Quill Podcast. During today's program, I will be sharing a true story from Hunting Miracles, Ancient and Modern. And we hope you enjoy it, the program. But first, here's Dr. Mercy Sharp sharing about my dad and her granddad from Devotions for Dog Lovers. The Coat. Scripture reading Isaiah 55, 6-11. For more than half a century, my dad successfully hunted raccoon. Indeed, it's no exaggeration when I say that he spent literally thousands of nights under star-studded skies. He not only had a passion for the solitude of a late-night hunt, but also for the interruption of that same solitude with the sound of a hound either hot on a trail or barking at the tree. I guess it's only natural that a hound's person and their dog come to have a unique relationship. Although my dad seldom babied his hounds, he did love them. He took care of them, and we had good dogs. Dogs that were straight, and by this I mean that they ran raccoon and nothing else. Even so, there were a few times when he would temporarily lose one. It didn't happen often, but it did happen. Usually it was on a windy night when the rattling of corn stalks hampered hearing them. Sometimes they were treeing on the other side of a steep hill or somewhere in a secluded, brushy hollow. When a dog was gone too long on a run, you could sense in Dad's voice both his confidence and concern. Confidence that the hound was on a raccoon and concern that the dog was either caught in a fence or perhaps some other hunter had picked up the dog. On those rare occasions when a dog did have to be left behind until morning, my dad always did something before we left. Dad would take his jacket off and spread it out on the ground. If there was a cornfield nearby where we had initially parked the truck, he would take the coat in a couple of rows and make a comfortable nest. When dad returned early the next morning, he would find the dog either curled up on the coat or still at the tree. Yes, Dad's hounds knew where they would find the one who loved them and would take care of them. In a similar way, God has also left something behind for us as humans so that we can be reunited with our Master. He left it in the Bible. It's not a garment, but rather something far greater. Namely, a wide trail of prophetic passages, information that has the power to convince and lead a person who is honestly searching for truth into a personal relationship with God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, God purposely provided the world with a sacred stream of futuristic truth, a book of revelation regarding the one whom Hebrew prophets and priests longed to see, 
a river that continued to flow deeper and wider with the passing of each century until its final fulfillment in Christ. You see, in our Bibles, there exist literally scores of scriptures which foretold such things as where the Christ would be born, Micah 5.2, that the child's mother would be a virgin, Isaiah 7.14, as well as the murderous decision of Herod after Christ's birth to have all the baby boys in the vicinity of Bethlehem killed, Jeremiah 31.15. In addition, the Old Testament writings also predicted the Messiah's ministry, Isaiah 61.1-2. through Abandonment by his disciples, Zechariah 13.7, casting of lots for Christ's clothes, Psalm 22.18, the piercing of his side with a spear, Zechariah 12.10, and the resurrection of his body, Psalm 16.8-11, just to name a few. What it really comes down to is this. If a person is looking for someone who really cares for them, the answer is to be found in the Bible. Yes, the answer is found in the person of Jesus Christ, who said regarding himself, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Luke 19.10 After all, if coonhounds know where to find their master, so should we. Prayer God of all creation, thank you for making it possible for us to be united with you. Thank you for thinking of us. May you use me to bring others to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can learn more about the book that tells this true story and others. For example, find out how dogs in Bible times were used to fulfill specific prophecies. Discover how some dogs with disabilities did some amazing things. Hear how a dog collected money for orphans. Learn about the first canine to be launched into outer space. Gain insight as to how God is using dogs in our world today, and much more. To order your copy of Devotions for Dog Lovers, go to the Rock Dove Publications website at www.rockdove.com. Again, to get your copy of Devotions for Dog Lovers, visit rockdove.com. The Burning Bush Buck It was 10 o'clock in the morning when I finally arrived at the Wisconsin Public Hunting Ground. It was the opening Saturday of the Wisconsin deer gun season. Nevertheless, I arrived hours later than I had planned, having gotten lost while driving from Minnesota. I consoled myself regarding the lateness of the arrival by telling myself, those who are sitting on stands will be pretty cold by now. Those same individuals are bound to get out of their stands, and as a result, they will get the deer moving. My license allowed me to harvest a buck and a doe. However, I just wanted to harvest some venison for the freezer. I was certainly not going to be picky. I grabbed my rifle, slung the portable tree stand over my shoulder, and started out on the logging trail. A few yards from where I had parked the vehicle, a man in his 30s, a lady, and a teenager were dragging out a deer. I said, you got one, huh? To which the man in his thirties responded, a little six-pointer. Congratulations, I said. There was about an inch of fresh snow as it made my way about 400 to 500 yards to a part of the forest where I wanted to set up. The previous year, I had scouted the area and liked what I saw. After putting my tree stand up, I took out a New Testament, 
turned to 1 John chapter 2 and started working on my sermon for the next day. About five minutes later, I looked up and to my right saw the silhouette of a good-sized deer through the trees some 125 yards away. I quickly raised the rifle to my shoulder, took quick aim, and missed. I had rushed a shot and watched as the big doe bounded away untouched. Disgusted, I tried to encourage myself and thought, maybe the Lord has a buck for me, and if I had harvested her, I'd miss out on the buck. I decided that I'd better pay attention. About 10 or 15 minutes passed, and from another direction, I observed a deer making its way through the brush. Although it was quite a distance, I caught a glimpse of a rack. I knew he was nice. The buck paused and then started angling towards my right. When he got within 60 yards, I took him through the right front shoulder. The 10-pointer dropped in his tracks. I knelt down and praised the Lord. After field dressing the buck, I hooked up some straps around my waist so I could pull him and still be ready to fill my doe tag on my way back to the car if given the opportunity. I checked my watch. It was 11 a.m. I had gone a 100 yards or so on the logging road when I saw somebody in blaze orange headed my way. I thought, this is perfect. Maybe this guy will go back there and kick out a deer up to me, and I'll fill my other tag on the way out. As they came closer, our eyes met. We both realized we'd seen each other before. This was the same guy that was dragging out the six-pointer when I arrived. He said, wow. That sure didn't take long. He then went on to say, I've been hunting this forest for five years and have yet to even see anything that big. I would just like to see a buck that big. I wouldn't even care if I got him. He then offered to help by carrying my rifle. I said, that's okay. You don't have to do that. Besides, you want to get back there to hunt. My real motive was that I wanted him to go back and move some deer my way. Nevertheless, he, his name was Dale, insisted. While I continued dragging the buck, Dale walked alongside with my rifle. Several more times I said, Dale, I feel bad taking you away from your hunting. You don't have to do this. But again he responded, It's no problem, besides I already shot a buck. After about the fourth time, I really did start feeling bad that he was missing out on some valuable hunting time. As we walked along, I told him about how I believed the Lord allowed me to take a certain record book buck with the longbow the year before. He also found out I was a pastor. We came to where our vehicles were parked, and Dale graciously offered to help me load up the buck. I pulled my van up to the deer. After spreading out a tarp, we swung the buck into the back of the van. However, Dale then just looked down at the ground for a few seconds, and then out of the blue stated, My mom is a born-again Christian. I said, Well, Dale, how about you? Have you been born again? He half shrugged and answered, I don't know. Immediately the story of Moses on the backside of the desert came to mind. Remember how Moses fled to Midian from Egypt? Eventually Moses ended up tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. The Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. Moses then turned aside to see why the bush did not burn up. The scriptures then state, quote, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, 
Unquote. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. I thought of how Dale had turned aside from going hunting in order to help me. Dale, you can know for sure that you are born again, I went on. Dale, I believe that I'm an answer to your mother's prayer. I don't believe it is by a mere accident that we are out here in the woods together. Dale then told me how the Lord had performed a miracle in his mother's life. I could tell that Dale loved and respected his mother. However, I also sensed that there was a concern, or perhaps even a fear, that if he surrendered to Christ, he would end up just like his mother. Sensing this, I said, Dale, there are a lot of people I don't want to be like, and I'm sure there are plenty who don't want to be like me. God will use your personality. You won't be just like your mother. Suddenly, it was as if a light had gone on. Dale's eyes seemed to indicate that this had been his concern. I then asked Dale if I could pray for him. He said, sure. I prayed that Dale would know for sure that he was born again. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. John 3, verse 3. I then gave him a little booklet called Devotions for Deer Hunters and the New Testament I had been reading while in the tree stand. Now I want to ask you, do you think my meeting Dale was by accident? If I had arrived five or ten minutes earlier, or five or ten minutes later, I would not have seen Dale when I arrived at the public hunting ground. I believe a primary reason that the Lord allowed me to shoot that beautiful ten-pointer was for Dale's sake. Dale knew how quickly I had bagged the buck, and he was impressed with the size of the buck. As a result, what I had to say carried significant weight with this fellow hunter. When we come back, I have some closing remarks. Hunting Miracles, Ancient and Modern, contains true stories of how God has worked in the lives of hunters down through history. This unique work, edited by Dr. Tom Rako, contains true stories by nine different contributors. In Hunting Miracles, readers discover miracles that took place on hunts more than a thousand years ago. See how God has used deer, ducks, geese, and even wood ticks to reveal his power and presence. Be encouraged by how the prayers of desperate hunters have been answered in amazing ways. To order your copy of Hunting Miracles, go to the Rock Dove Publications website at rockdove.com. Again, to get your copy of Hunting Miracles, be sure and visit rockdove.com. You know, as we talked about Dale, I want to ask you, uh, how about you? Are you born again? You know, it's a biblical term. In fact, Jesus in John chapter 3 said, you must be born again. Uh, do you know that if you died today, you would go to heaven? You know, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, uh, don't wait any longer. You know, the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Uh, don't put off until tomorrow. Uh, you know, this may be the exact miracle that you need that will begin the explosion of more miracles in your life and in the lives of your loved ones. Perhaps like a ping pong ball in a room filled with mouse traps. Once one starts popping, it trips one mouse trap after another. And it may be that once you allow the Lord of the universe, your creator, 
to perform a great miracle in your life, it will trigger a multitude of miracles in your life and in the lives of others. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Rock Dub Publication Quill. We'll be looking at another miracle, another hunting miracle next time. been listening to the Rock Dove Publications podcast with your host, Dr. Tom Rankel. This program has also been brought to you by the Quilted Arrow, home of intelligent, stylish, field-bred English pointers with bloodline streams from Hall of Fame champion Guardrail. Thank you so much for listening. Now this is Beth Rako inviting you to join us again next time on the Rock Dove Publications podcast. <laughs>